Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the VVK Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Folly. So glad that you've chosen to be with me today. It really is a big deal. For those of you that have downloaded the first couple of episodes so far, I'm thrilled about that. The numbers are surprisingly good, and I'm really, really excited that so many of you are choosing to download this because it does take a little extra effort on your part. So thank you so much for checking it out. Got a good conversation on tap for today. Uh, This is a conversation I recorded up at the Mackinac Policy Conference with Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter. We talked about a whole lot of different things. Uh, We got into, obviously, what's happening in Oakland County, the relationship between Oakland County and the city of Detroit. That's kind of a big deal. We talked about Pride Month and a lot of other things that are going on in the county. So please, stick around for this conversation with Oakland County Dave Coulter on the VVK Podcast. I'm Craig Folley. This is the VVK Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Folly. Glad to have you with me today. We are, of course, recording these interviews at the Detroit Regional Chamber's annual Mackinac Policy Conference. And one of the things that we have come to expect over the years at this policy conference is a robust discussion from local political leaders about what is going on in the region, what we need to do to be competitive, what we need to do to improve. And that usually includes a conversation with the leaders of our various counties in southeast Michigan. One of them is joining me right now, Dave Coulter, who is the Oakland County Executive, former mayor of Ferndale, my neighbor. Dave, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Craig, it's really good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to see you. And, and, you know, it has been really interesting to watch you sort of grow into this role, right? You always seem to me to be a bit of a reluctant politician. Um, (laughs) You know, the Oakland County Executive job, it's quite a leap from mayor of Ferndale to then, you know, county commission and then to county executive it, it's not the traditional path i guess yeah. um but but here you are and and you've really sort of grown in and embraced this role and really changed it up quite a bit because it was i, I, I use this term the wrong way but it was really a cult of personality in this county for 30 years <laughs> your predecessor you have changed that a little bit uh and has that been a conscious thing on your part to make it different it was conscious not to try to duplicate him, yeah, right, and yeah. to just be my own person. Well, I, I mean, he's one of a kind. Opposites. We're very different people, but he's also one of a kind, and he laid a foundation in Oakland County that he will be remembered for for a long time. So yeah. I was very conscious about just be yourself, be the best version of yourself you can be, and and then people can judge that. Well, you know, and, and Oakland County is uh, sort of an anomaly. I mean, it, it has been... I think the most robust of, of the counties in the region in terms of its fiscal health, in terms of its ability to bounce back from the various cyclical changes that we deal with here in southeast Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at, at the state of the county right now, how are you feeling about things? Because we have had setbacks. COVID has, has changed everything. Um, how are we doing? As I'm new Oakland County resident, so first you know, time in my life. Well, welcome. I'm glad, I'm glad to have you here and in Ferndale as well. So yeah. that's awesome because I'm still in Ferndale yep. uh, and I still love it there. But, uh, you know, as you said, we're probably in the best position of any county in Michigan in a lot of ways. So you're like, OK, so we just rest on our laurels. No, there's challenges and there's opportunities that we're leaning into uh, because you have to. The world doesn't stay the same. And so we have issues with talent, you know, finding, finding skilled employees to, and, and helping them get better jobs and, and the like and, and around and sustainability. I don't think the county did nearly enough around sustainability and making sure that we're 
you know, so we have a we have a goal of being carbon neutral by 2050. I'm not sure my predecessor would have uh, yeah. uh, thought that was a high priority, but we know that it is. And so, so even though we have a great foundation, all the financial stuff is is solid. Uh, we're leaning in in some ways it, to be a more inclusive county as well. One of the things I've tried to do is really lift up all the voices in Oakland County because sometimes we get painted with one brush of, oh, yeah, that's just a bunch of wealthy people. But this, there's a diverse group of communities in Oakland County and people, and I, I'm trying to lift everybody up. Well, you know, and, and politically speaking, it is completely different from the way it was probably 20 years ago. I mean, it was it was considered to be a very conservative place, but the, the politics in, in the county have changed. Demographics in the county have changed. Uh, Oakland County is a lot more diverse than it used to be. It really is. Um, um, and, and to talk a little bit about navigating that and making sure that every voice and every, every uh, group is really represented has a seat at the table because we need everybody to have you know, some role in, in making sure that the county is what we want it to be. Yeah, and, and it, that comes naturally to me because I did have experience in county government. I was a, before I was mayor, I was a county commissioner yep. for eight years, four terms, in the minority that entire time. So I was the voice uh, you know, on the side saying we should do this and that. So I understood what it was like to have my voice not always heard in county government. So I came with a certain idea of the, some of the things that I would like to do. Uh, the very first thing I did when I was... Uh, when I became county executive, is we passed a very comprehensive non-discrimination policy. How can a county as big as Oakland County in the 21st century not have a non-discrimination policy? And I wanted to do that 10 years ago. So there was some low-hanging fruit like that. But that comes natural to me because I was part of that other voice who has now been elevated to the majority. Okay. You know, what's interesting, though, is, is you talk about that. Uh, Oakland County especially at a conference like this one back in the day when, when Brooks was here and, you know, you had Coleman Young and they would do the, the county, you know, the big three conversations that used to happen, yep. the big four. Yep. It, it was always set up in almost a way for you guys to be at each other's throats a little bit about policy decisions and things like that in Oakland County versus Detroit. And, you know, there's been some bad blood there for a long time. And, and I think the media played into it as well for a long, long time. You obviously have a different idea about that relationship with the city of Detroit and what it needs to be. And given that we're Ferndaliens, I live a block from 8 Mile, you know, it needs to be better. Is yeah. it better? It, I think it's a lot better. Um, uh, first of all, there's not the need to do that anymore. And, you know, one of the things I've said in, is because I was the mayor of Ferndale, I know that the health of the city one mile away is important to the health of my city. So we're in this together. And then the other thing is, from an economic perspective, we are in competition as a region with other regions in the country and, frankly, other countries in the world. And so, you know, it, it, this game of Oakland versus Macomb versus Wayne versus Detroit, it, it's a zero-sum game. We're, we need to be in this together as a region against, you know, in competition with others. Okay, and I think you and Mayor Duggan are in the same place on that. And, yeah. and uh, Warren Evans, obviously, in the same place with that. Mark Hackle's got a different juggling act that he's got to do over there in Macomb. Um, do you envy him? No, because you know what? I actually grew up in Macomb County. It's very different, and I tell that to people. It's like it's not that he's not willing to be regional. He is, and we get along great, and we have a good relationship, and where we can work together, we do. But the politics of Macomb are also changing. You talk about changing politics. When I grew up there, it was a very Democratic mm -hmm. county. It's gotten a lot redder. Mark navigates his what he needs to do to keep his constituents happy, uh, just, just like we have to do in Oakland County. Well, you, you talk about regionalism, uh, and, and the thing that's always at the forefront of that uh, is, is transit. I mean, you know, opt-out communities are something I don't understand. I don't know why it's allowed. Um, I think it's discriminatory, and I think it's a problem for the region because if people can't get to their jobs, that's a problem. Yeah. What can we do to get people to rethink opting out of smart 
Well, we have to show them the value proposition, not to use a fancy word, but we have to help them understand. It's not that fancy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but we have to help them understand. I think uh, too many times the transit conversation got about the money. How much is it going to cost? How many mills? We don't I, I pay don't for ride it. it. I don't ride it. But what's the value to the region of keeping our young people here after they graduate from college? Because they don't want a car like we used to, Craig. No, no, no. So my they, son doesn't have a license. He's 22. And they don't care. And he's moving to someplace with transit. Yeah. And we that's the first him. thing I wanted was a car and then to move out of my house. Yeah. Now it's exactly the opposite. So we got to listen to young people and what they want. And one of the things they want is transit. And so, so what I tell grandparents who say, I would never ride the buses. Yeah, but your grandson or your granddaughter wants to. And this, if that helps keep them in the region and help them get access to good paying jobs, then, then why wouldn't we do that? Uh, I, I did want to get back to something you were talking about. Um, you know, Oakland County is, is often seen as the shiny new county, right? You know, because there's been a lot more growth here than there has been in Wayne County over the years. But at the same time, the county's old enough now that you've got some major infrastructure improvements that are going to need to be made. We're seeing it, you know, lots of sewer repairs going on and, and all sorts of road construction that's taking place. But are there some significant challenges that Oakland County residents need to get ready for when it comes to replacing some of the infrastructure? Because it's getting to that point now where that really big first round of major upgrades needs to happen. Absolutely. And it's already starting to happen. I mean, try, drive I-75. I mean... <laughs> necessary necessary improvement. A necessary improvement. Or 696. I'm old enough to remember when that was a brand new freeway. Now, you know, we are completely redoing 696. And there are other places throughout the county. Yeah, we're not immune to the fact that infrastructure doesn't last forever. And if you don't invest and it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to hell. Well, and how does, how does infrastructure, though, factoring into your planning right now? Uh, because, you know, and I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but Rich Patterson came on this show and said, I love sprawl. Give me all the sprawl. Yeah. Same time, when you sprawl, you've got new infrastructure that needs to be built, new roads, new sewers, everything else. Are we rethinking that model a little bit to make it more sustainable going forward? Because yeah. Because you guys have a lot of stuff that, I mean, Oakland County, I'm sorry. The roads never kept up with the growth. Um, thank God they put the roundabouts in on the west side of the county. I mean, I'm serious. You know, when you get along with Maple and Drake and stuff like that, that mattered. Uh, but are we starting to think a little bit differently about where we build and how we build? Yes, and I would say not just starting to. Back when Brooks used to say that, I used to stand up and say, no, if you want new roads in the north end of the county or the west end of the county, then at least... You pay for them because what happened is the, the older communities, through their county taxes, were subsidizing this brawl. That was, that was my argument with him. Yeah. If, if, if growth is going to happen, it's going to happen. It's a capitalist society. But I, as a Ferndale resident, shouldn't have to subsidize the roads in the other parts of the county. And that was, that was always the big fight. Well, we are seeing, though, a renewed emphasis on the inner ring burbs, right? The yeah. Ferndales of the world, uh, Madison Heights, uh, and... and uh, that's a healthy thing uh, because a lot of communities, especially inner-ring suburbs, have suffered yep. uh, around Metro Detroit. Uh, you look at Harper Woods, you look at Warren, some of the problems that they've had. Uh, inner-ring suburbs are always a bit at risk, but we're seeing in Oakland County at least new investment there. Uh, and is that just a function of people reevaluating what's important to them, or is there something else going on there? I, I think younger people want a more urban experience. They're not interested in living as much you know, on 10 acres up, up in the north. But the other thing is, and I'll say, put my old mayor hat on, is we were very intentional about what do young families want, because that's who we were trying to attract. Yep. What do young families want? And I bring up the example of, you know, because you know, you're in Ferndale, all the bike lanes. And a lot of the seniors didn't, don't like these bike lanes. It makes it harder to drive or harder to, uh, harder to 
plow the snow or whatever the arguments were. But I said, look, we're putting these in not because I'm a big bicyclist, but because young families have told us these are the things they want. The skate park, as you know. Yep. So we, we were intentional about listening to young people, young families, and what they wanted in a community. And they're the ones repopulating some of the inner ring suburbs. Well, Oak Park. What a success story. That's right. Um, you know, first of all, we see you, Oak Park. It's a giant sign on 696. But, I mean, look, they've, they've decorated all the entryways into the city. All the neighborhoods have new signage and, and names on them. Nine Mile is now it, it got looks fabulous. complete street. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I mean, so when you see that, is that sort of validation of, of the positions you were taking all those years ago? Yeah, it really is. We've been talking about this for a long time, yeah. but change happens slowly. You know, I've learned in this business that you, you don't get a magic wand when you get elected to office and you can just do everything you want to do. So you've got to persuade people, you've got to convince them, you got to, you know, you, you, you take certain actions. But Oak Park is a great example of a community that finally said, we're getting left behind and we've got to start to up our game. And they've done a great job of it. Yeah, I, I think they have too. It's been remarkable to watch. I mean, even Royal Oak Township is, is taking some steps. Do they need to somehow not be a township anymore. Royal Oak Township. I, I don't, I'm not sure that system of governance is working as well as it should because that is a section of Oakland County that should be doing better than it is. I mean, that's a fair question and it's a, it's a complicated one because the people there are very proud of their history. It's the last piece of yeah. what was all of that was Royal Oak Township at one point yep. and now that's the last piece of it and there's a lot of pride. It's an African American community. There's a lot of cultural pride in it and, and wanting to keep that identity at the same time, it's, it's, you know, financially, it's really tough to make that work. So, well, yeah. and, and that puts then the onus on, on the county uh, to handle a lot of, of the operations of that community. And, and is that something that is sustainable or is that model going to work? No, and so that's up to the residents of, of the township to decide what level of services they want. You know, they used to pay for county uh, yeah. sheriff services. Yep. They don't anymore because they couldn't afford it. So now they're using the state police, and that's a decision that they've made. So they have to decide what level of services they want, and that's that's but, for their, their residents. They're tumbling close to Highland Park status, though. Um, and, and, you know, I love Highland Park, but at the same time, they've got the same sort of governance issues. And it, it, it is something that's not good for the people who live there? Do they understand that, you know, they might need to rethink this? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but this is something I've been witnessing for a long time and just, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, but it's got to be the people that live there that make that final decision, right? We're not getting the level of services that we expect and we need to do something different. And until they say that, you can't come from the outside and tell people that. Like I said, it's a proud community and and they don't want to be bossed around and I don't blame them. Okay, fair enough. That's that's just, you know, one of the issues I wanted to talk about. But um, let's wrap up with this, something a little bit more buoyant here. Um, (laughs) No, it is June. It is Pride Month. Uh, Ferndale really has led the way on that in many, many, uh, many ways. Uh, Obviously, you know, Pride March and everything else that's going on. The rest of the county seems to be embracing this a lot more. The rest of the region really embracing it. The city of Detroit raising a pride flag yeah. uh, yesterday in Spirit Plaza. Yep. How does that make you feel when you see this? And, <laughs> and, and, and you know, we're, we're not talking about acceptance or tolerance. We're now talking about open pride. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big difference. Uh, I feel proud, frankly. Yeah. Uh, when I first ran for office in 20, 2002 for county commissioner, there's 500 county commissioners in the state of Michigan. When I got elected, I was the only openly gay county commissioner in this state. There were no legislators. There was no, no role models. Uh, so 
to see where we've come in 20 years, like you said, it's not just tolerance, it's not just, it's acceptance, it's an understanding that everybody needs a voice at the table. The world has changed dramatically for LGBTQ people in the last 20 years, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. We've, we're flying the, the flag at, at, at Oakland uh, County now. So. Yeah, well, you know, but there was a time when doing something like that would have been seen as controversial, mm. and there might still be some people who are going to rattle off about it, but yeah. we don't need to take them seriously, do we? You know, uh, the vast majority of people on both sides of the political aisle understand. I mean, I mean, for a while there, the right would use it as a wedge issue. I don't think they really believed it, but they thought it helped them in certain elections in certain districts, so they used it. Now it doesn't play. Now they don't even talk about it anymore. I mean, when I ran uh, for county executive, it was never even an issue. If you'd have told me that 20 years ago, I'd have said you're crazy. But it wasn't even an issue. So we've, we, you know, we've come a long way. I mean, you know, we are seeing some pushback in places like Florida, obviously, with the, the you know, don't say gay bill. But the business community has really come forward and said this is a bad thing. This is yeah. bad for our image. This is bad for the state. Because uh, it's bad for business. They're trying to attract talent, and they want everybody. And so they're not trying to scare away 10% of the population that could be their employers. But it does seem as if the business community in southeast Michigan came out uh, in favor of, of all of this a long time ago. It sort of led the way. Before the politicians sort of were, were a yep. lagging indicator on this one. Yep. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Do you, do you see some of these rights and some of these things under threat right now? I mean, because there are a lot of people concerned about what's going on with the Supreme Court, everything else. Yeah. This is not progress that's ever going to be undone, is it? Well, it's, it's tenuous. You know, the Elliott Larson Act in Michigan still does not protect LGBTQ people. We still do not have uh, legal protections in Michigan, in our Constitution, for LGBTQ people. So it, the, the fight continues. All right. Well, you have to go because... Your handler here, Mr. Mullen, is telling me it's time to get you off here. Dave Coulter, right. we appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Always happy And to we'll be talk here. soon. Hey, once again, I really do appreciate you checking out the program today. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave Coulter. We've got more content to come in the next few days. I'll have some stuff up there, and um, I'll start warning you on social media who I've got coming up and things like that. A quick reminder while I have you here, uh, please subscribe to this podcast. It makes it that much easier. You can find it now anywhere that you find podcasts. Just look up The VVK Podcast with Craig Folly, and you'll find it pretty easily on iTunes, on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, of course, Spotify, Stitcher, any other service that you can think of. And, of course, you can always find it online as well. Um, But either way. I really appreciate the fact that you have been checking this out. It means a lot. So rate the show, subscribe to it, all that good stuff. It makes a really, really big difference, and um, we'll keep doing this as long as we can. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name's Craig Folly. I'll be doing this a couple times a week, hopefully. Also depends on when we book people, what we get. We've got some neat stuff coming up, so we'll see you soon.